Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 119 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 119 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we kick things off with the bloodlines. Roman Reigns, the reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Champion alongside the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champs, and of course, the wise man himself and special counsel to the bloodline, Paul Heyman. And Paul wants us to acknowledge Roman Reigns from home and in the arena last night. And Roman Reigns grabbed the mic and told North Carolina to acknowledge him. And as they were about to we get a great ambush attack from the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK-Bro, as Randy Orton and Riddle drop Jimmy and Jey Uso with stereo RKOs out of nowhere in a pretty sweet spot. And from there, Drew McIntyre comes out to fight Roman Reigns. As RK-Bro says, you can have at who we laid out the Usos. You go do your thing, Drew. And Drew and Roman traded blows in the ring, and it was a great fight that was broken up by the Usos. But of course, RK-Bro got back in there, and we had a six-way brawl that was broken up by WWE officials as the opening segment came to an end and this was a way to hype Sunday six-man tag team match featuring RK Bro and Drew McIntyre versus the Bloodlines Roman Reigns and the Usos at WrestleMania Backlash and even though I am still very unhappy with WWE canceling the tag team unification match between the Usos and RK Bro which was set to go down this Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash but I will say that the six-man tag team match should be very good even though I had my heart set on the tag team match, which would have been great, preferably in the main event spot on Sunday. Next up is another six-man tag team match going down on Monday Night Raw featuring the Street Profits and Ezekiel teaming up against the Alpha Academies, Chad Gable, Otis, and Kevin Owens. And I thought this was a very good match, and it always starts well with Dawkins working with Gable as they counter each other with leapfrogs into arm drags into cartwheels into eventually a spinning back elbow courtesy of Dawkins to Gable for a near fall. Eventually, Montez Ford gets a hot tag. He goes after Gable as well. But as Otis gets in the ring, Montez Ford goes to Mr drop kick him Otis does not move Dawkins tries to miss a drop kick Otis Otis still does not move so it takes a triple drop kick from Ezekiel and the Street Profits to knock Otis off his feet and over the ropes as we go to commercial break we come back and Gable is working over Montez for a bit Montez tries to float over into a sunset flip but Gable counters that into a Northern Light Suplex, very, very close near fall. From there, Kevin Owens gets the hot tag and he goes after Montez Ford and hits him with a beautiful middle rope moonsault for a very close near fall. But an enziguri from Montez Ford to KO creates space and Montez makes the hot tag to Ezekiel as the fans chant, we want Zeke. And I got to say this for Ezekiel, even though he's Elias, <laughs> he has improved his offensive game, delivering a nice spine buster to Chad Gable. He hits a stinger splash in the corner, followed by a jumping knee strike, and he delivers a lovely vertical suplex to Chad Gable for a near fall that's broken up by Otis. And from there, we have a parade of finishers from the Profits and Otis, and eventually KO gets involved and lays out Dawkins at ringside. And as this is happening, Ezekiel tackles Kevin Owens and he lays in those shots perfectly. But of course, as Ezekiel runs the ropes again, KO's at ringside, he trips him up and that allows Chad Gable to roll up Ezekiel for the 
tainted victory. All in all, a very fun match as Kevin Owens is never ending feud with Ezekiel Not Elias allegedly continues. Next up is Veer Mahan versus Burt Hansen. And Burt got Mike time to basically say, I am scared to death to face Veer Mahan, but I am from North Carolina and I love this. And I wanted to make my debut on Monday Night Raw and do it for the fans, do it for my hometown. And Burt had one strike on Veer Mahan, but this was all Mahan delivering Body shots to Hanson in the corner before laying him out with the million dollar lariat. And then he applies the cervical clutch for the submission victory. But Veer Mahan is not done with poor Burt Hanson yet as he reapplies the cervical clutch by trapping Burt between the ropes for leverage. And thankfully, according to reports, Burt Hansen was not stretched out of the building. So he was spared from that, unlike Dominic Mysterio a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. But I enjoy Veer Mahan on social media. He's got a charisma and swagger to him that I like. But we don't see that on Monday Night Raw. It's a very snarling persona that I don't like. It's an 80s throwback that I don't care for very much. The presentation is out of place in 2022. And I'm hoping that WWE can modernize the character a bit and make Veer a formidable force on this show. He's got the moveset to really stand out. But unfortunately, this gimmick is very limiting based on what I've seen thus far, even though he's getting wins every step of the way. Next up is Edge and Damian Priest coming out to Alter Bridge is the other side, which is a badass song, by the way. I love it every time I hear it on Monday Night Raw and or premium live events. But I got to say that after I have preached the importance of workshopping a gimmick, it appears that Edge has modified this presentation of Judgment Day. The throne was gone. The purple lighting was kept to a bare minimum, and he cut a promo without mumbo-jumbo words for a change. He basically dissed the entire state of North Carolina, and I appreciated that. For the last couple of weeks, he's been going in on the cities that WWE resides in for a night, and I get my life off of that. It's funny, and Edge revels in being the bad guy. This is what I want to see. When you acknowledge that something isn't working, you simply go back and self-edit yourself. And he talked about the critiques of the lighting and the big words and the brood and the corporate ministry from way back when. Those things worked 20 or so years ago. It doesn't feel as in vogue in 2022. And I love a good throwback brood entrance, but the lighting was a bit too much for me. And I just promos wore me out a bit because they were all over the place. But thankfully, it appears he is honed in on dissing the hometown crowds. And for that, I am grateful. As we move to AJ Styles versus Damian Priest. And AJ was on offense early on until Damian Priest went after the left shoulder of AJ Styles covered in rock tape. And he slammed him shoulder first into the ring post as we go to commercial break. We come back and Damian Priest is still dominating the action. But... AJ Styles is able to fire back with a rack bomb for a near fall. Priest responds with a backbreaker, but Styles makes a comeback. When Priest goes for the razor's edge and Styles rolls out of that at the Pele kick, he goes up top for the phenomenal forearm, but Priest catches him for the South of Heaven choke slam for a very close near fall. AJ fights back and he goes for the calf crusher and Edge provides a distraction long enough for Damian Priest to get out of that move. And from there, they are able to trade counters a bit, and AJ does roll him up for the win a short time later. And this victory is very important because 
By losing this match, Damian Priest is banned from ringside during Styles versus Edge at WrestleMania Backlash to Sunday on Peacock, and Edge immediately gets in the ring to attack AJ Styles as soon as the match is over, and he orders Damian Priest to finish it. So they grab two steel chairs at ringside, and they're going to concerto the bad left arm of AJ Styles until Finn Balor makes a save, and we get a two-sweet moment between Styles and Finn Balor, and I am all for these two becoming a tag team giving us OG Bullet Club vibes from their time in New Japan. That would be a moment, and that would be a way to even level up the tag team division even more. You got Priest and Edge being a tag team, and you got the dream team of Finn Balor versus AJ Styles after all of this time. I mentioned their previous outing nearly five years ago at TLC, a last-minute match between Styles and Finn Balor, which was incredible, and I expect them to cook as a tag team if WWE goes through with it in the weeks to come. Next up is Miz TV featuring The Miz and special guest Mustafa Ali. And Ali comes out, but his music's cut short. And The Miz says, I don't know what happened. Come on down to the ring and let's have ourselves a chat. And as Mustafa Ali grabs the mic, the mic isn't working. So The Miz is deliberately sabotaging Mustafa Ali in order to get under his skin. Because if he irritates him enough, maybe he'll go cry about it on Twitter to play into Ali's beef with WWE in recent months when he wanted his release from the company that they did not grant. Now he's back on TV after mending fences, one would hope. So Ali is going to grab The Miz's microphone and says, hey, the only thing I'm complaining about is the fact that he used to have a job here and the fans cheer at that and the Miz is miffed by those comments because he started the conversation by calling Mustafa Ali Moost which is so insulting but Mustafa Ali goes in on the Miz stating that when you are complaining about your spot you run to management and cry about it but when I have something to say I take it to the people because they are the most important sounding board of all and as the Miz tries to grab the mic he talks into it and it's silent and <laughs> Mustafa Ali pulled a fast one on The Miz, a smart baby face indeed, and The Miz gets the correct microphone and notes, don't you ever do that again. Which leads to United States Champion Theory coming out to support The Miz and confront Ali and noting that the match that The Miz had versus Mustafa Ali has been stricken from the record books courtesy of Vince McMahon himself, and he notes that Ali is worthy of a shot at his championship. And the way for him to earn a fair shot is in a contenders match against not only The Miz, but Theory. And that match would be happening next. And Ali is more than willing to accept this challenge because he can take the heat, which is a nice nod to the tensions between WWE and Ali a few months ago. And as we come back from commercial break, we see a gnarly bump that Ali takes through the ropes. And the reason he takes that bad bump is because Ali is sabotaged courtesy of Austin Theory, who leaves the ropes open as Ali goes flying out of the ring. The replay was everything, and poor Ali is double teamed by The Miz in Theory, but Ali does fight back, and he delivers a nice drop kick that lays out Theory on the ground for a bit. He goes after Miz with a swinging neck breaker, and he's in control, but going after Theory, but it's to no avail as The Miz trips up Ali between the ropes to hit the skull-crushing finale for the win. And after the match is over, Ali is ambushed once again by Ciampa. It should be noted that Ciampa will wrestle on main event and he will be a babyface. So he's playing a heel on Monday and a babyface on main event. It's very confusing, but I hope 
that the eventual match between Ciampa and Mustafa Ali will be absolutely everything if given the time that should lead to Ali versus Theory eventually for the United States Championship. WWE has a golden opportunity to get Ali over as a fighting baby face that can back it up on the mic and in the ring. He's got the tools to do it. Here's hoping that WWE backs him in the months to come. Next up is Seth Rollins Appreciation Night. He comes out there looking like a tropical plant. The suit is very patterned like the tropics. And the spotlight is on him as the fans sing along to his theme song, Acapella Style. And he wants a spotlight to be on him to celebrate his greatness, to celebrate his long, illustrious career in WWE. But the fans immediately chant for Cody Rhodes. And that irritates Rollins to no end, saying that at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes try to upstage me by stealing my spotlight but nobody can steal my spotlight because I am the damn spotlight and at WrestleMania Backlash I will be prepared for my opponent this time around so before we get to that let's celebrate my greatness let's celebrate my career by presenting you the greatest highlight reel in history and as he tosses the video Cody's music hits the fans go crazy Cody comes out and he looks at Seth saying look at you Losing to me at WrestleMania has really affected you. It's an albatross around your neck and you can't break free no matter how hard you try. But I'm not going to pretend that you're not one of the greatest wrestlers in the last 20 or so years. But I will say at the exact same time, you're delusional. And I want to prevent you from saying something you might regret because I got a feeling you're going to cross the line and I'm not going to like it very much. And Seth says delusional, huh? You call me delusional. Look at you. Mr. Delusional himself. And speaking of delusional, let's talk about your father, Dusty Rhodes, a guy that I admired and respect. A guy that wrestled in this very ring and this very building decades ago. But he was delusional too, thinking that he was a genius in this business. Thinking that he was worthy of being WWE champion, something that you aspire to be. But as long as I'm in WWE, Seth, that would never happen. Because if you think... You could ever be WWE champion. You're just as delusional as your father. And Cody is trying to remain calm. But Seth gets the first shot in by punching Cody in the face. And they get into a scrap. The suit jackets go off. And Cody does land a beautiful Cody cutter on Seth Rollins. While wearing dress shoes in a pretty sweet spot. And as Seth runs away, Cody grabs the very expensive tropical jacket of Seth Rollins. And he chucks it into the crowd and somebody's going to sell that jacket on eBay unless WWE gets that jacket back if that suit is on loan. But a fun segment. Seth is so great as being this delusional, kooky character. The laugh is very endearing. It can be very stupid, but I like it a lot. And Cody was a straight-laced babyface fighting for his family's honor. And I expect the rematch of WrestleMania Backlash to absolutely steal the show, if given time, of course. And I think this is going to be the first of three acts. We got Act 1 at WrestleMania. Act 2 is coming Sunday via chicanery, most likely from Seth Rollins. And the only way for this to wrap up will be inside hell in a cell next month in Chicago. And I expect blood, because Cody in certain settings loves to bleed, because it is a Rhodes family tradition like no other. And that'd be a nice way to cap off this rivalry once and for all. As we segue into Money in the Bank season, and I can see Cody in a plum spot heading into the July Premium Live event. Next up is Bobby Lashley versus Cedric Alexander. And we get Omas's music providing a distraction on behalf of Cedric Alexander who goes after Bobby Lashley. But Bobby Lashley fights back by beating Cedric's ass as he crashes and burns on the tope spot. And he slams him face first into the ring post, spears him, and locks in the hurt lock 
for the win as Bobby gains a wee bit of momentum heading into his match against Omos at WrestleMania Backlash. And MVP was out there trying to shit talk Lash the entire time saying, you'd be nothing without me, Roberto. You're nothing without me. You'll lose to Omos. You're going to lose tonight. And I love the shit talking from MVP. I still feel as if MVP is better off with Lashley, but he's trying to get Omos over as a monster. We'll see how it goes at WrestleMania Backlash and beyond. And now it is time for our main event featuring the tag team of Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, and Sonya Deville versus Liv Morgan, Asuka, and the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. And this match was made official earlier in the night when Adam Pearce told Sonya Deville that you will be in this match without any executive power since you are under an ongoing investigation about your abuse of power as a WWE official. And I really enjoyed this match. We had some highlights early on with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley going at it. I love how they trade power and offense. Bianca goes for the vertical suplex, but Rhea Ripley is able to wriggle out of that by pulling at the ponytail of Bianca Belair. Eventually, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan are the legal women in the match. And Liv Morgan delivers a nice knee strike to Becky Lynch in the corner. And in a fit of rage, Liv Morgan delivers a gnarly tope to Rhea Ripley on the outside. But Becky Lynch gets back on offense and delivers a top rope leg drop to Liv Morgan as we go to commercial break. We come back and Liv Morgan is the babyface in peril until she's able to fight back and make the hot tag to Bianca Belair, who goes right after Rhea Ripley once again. Goes for another suplex with his head, but it immediately by Rhea Ripley. But Bianca Belair does not give up as she lifts up Rhea for that delayed vertical suplex with a jog for good measure for a near fall. But eventually Sonya Deville gets the high tag and she's double teamed by Rhea and Sonya who deliver a double superplex to Bianca Belair. Asuka gets in the ring and she's a legal woman going after Sonya Deville with a series of strikes and German suplexes and hip attacks as well. Liv Morgan makes a blind tag and in a great spot, the spot of the night besides the opener with those double RKOs courtesy of RK Bro to the Usos. We got Asuka delivering a hip attack to Sonya Deville that knocks Sonya off the apron and Liv Morgan drops Sonya with a code breaker on the floor. That was every fucking thing. I popped for it. The timing and the execution was perfection. And that leads to a parade of finishers from both teams as Asuka lays out Becky Lynch with a spitting back fist. Rhea Ripley delivers a big boot to Asuka. Bianca Belair hits a spine buster on Rhea Ripley. And Sonya Deville throws Bianca out of the ring. And Liv is going for oblivion. is blocked by Sonya, who gets her legs on the ropes for the win. But the referee sees her cheating. And Bianca sees it too as she knocks Sonya's feet off the ropes. And that leads to Liv hitting oblivion on Sonya for the win. And it's a great victory for Liv and the baby faces as Bianca, Liv, and Asuka stand tall to wrap up Monday Night Raw on a high note. A nice showcase victory for Liv Morgan. And the closing sequence was great. So I'm very happy for her. And I love the side feuds developing between Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Their match is going to be great. We are still waiting for Bianca Belair versus whoever post-WrestleMania backlash, preferably Bailey. But we'll see about that. We've got Asuka versus Becky Lynch. And now on the side as well, we've got Dewdrop recruiting Nikki Ash to drop the superhero shit and be herself once again so they can join forces possibly as a tag team. 
I love that idea after Nikki won and lost the 24-7 championship in one night. I want badass Nikki Cross back. And her and Dewdrop would be a formidable tag team in the women's tag team division. Can you imagine the bangers we would see between Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Dewdrop and Nikki Cross for the women's tag team titles? That would be a lot of fun heading into the heart of the summer season. So here's hoping that this renewed emphasis on side feuds not revolving around the Raw Women's Championship continues as we build up challengers for Bianca Belair heading into Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank, and of course, SummerSlam going down in July in Nashville, Tennessee. And with that, this wraps up a pretty decent episode of Monday Night Raw. The one flaw, as always, is the fluff of recaps, backstage segments, entrances, more backstage segments, more recaps or entrances, then a break, then the match, then another break, then the main event. It's so much fluff that really drags out the show, especially during the third hour. You got 20 minutes of fluff before the main event begins at around 1040. That's simply too much. And they try to drag this show out to make this a very excruciating viewing experience. But if you eliminate the junk and the fluff, Monday Night Raw is in a much better place than it was a year ago. You do see things moving in a certain direction. You do see stuff editing in real time, especially when it comes to Edge's new character. And it's night and day versus what we got last week versus this week. You see Dewdrop and Nikki Ash possibly being a tag team. You see multiple fuse in motion in the Raw Women's division. Cody and Seth are still doing their thing. And there's a cleverness to the show as well with Kevin Owens trying to trap Ezekiel into confessing that he's really Elias. You got R-Truth being an ordained minister one week, a marriage counselor the next, and now he's a divorce attorney for Dana Brooke and Reginald. It's stupid, but it's fun at the exact same time. And you do see forward momentum on the show versus what we used to get on SmackDown most weeks, which really shows how much Raw won the draft and SmackDown is down bad right now. And they got to figure some things out heading into stadium season. Monday Night Raw surprisingly is the best show under the WWE umbrella right now. Monday Night Raw, dare I say, is the A show overtaking SmackDown after all of this time. Who would have thunk that? But If you eliminate all the time-killing segments, this will be a very easy, breezy watch two hours, but there is no such luck with that. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 119 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such WrestleTopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 68 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. (laughs) 